ሰላም ደምናላችሁ አድማጮቻችን የምትከታተሉት መልእክ ፖድካስት ነው ዛሬ በጣም ልዩ የተለየ ፕሮግራም ይዘንላችሁ የመጣ ነው የዛሬው እንግዳችን በጣም ብዙ የሚሰጠን በጣም ምን የሚጠቅመን ነገር አለው ግን አማርኛ መናገር አይችልም ስለዚህ ቆይታችን በእንግሊዘኛ ሆኗል ግን በጣም በጣም ብዙ የሚጠቅማችሁ ነገር እንደምታገኙ አስባለሁ our guest today is a street preacher who has been serving God for the past 27 years he's well known on youtube for his bold and inspiring uh preachings pastor david lane he's a canadian he's married and uh father of two boys by the way his wife is ethiopian uh he's the founder of christ forgiveness ministries and has touched the lives of millions uh from all around the world he has led thousands to jesus baptized thousands and uh, he has a passion for teaching preaching uh, leading evangelizing inspiring and even planting churches around the world Uh, in addition to that pastor david is an author he wrote two books what's on your mind which is a collection of his facebook posts by the way and uh, avoiding relational ruin uh, you can also find numerous uh, very sound sermons and teachings uh, on youtube today we have the opportunity to dive into uh, his story and his background and uh, learn more about his incredible journey So stay tuned and join us as we dive into his story. Pastor David, I'm, I'm very excited to welcome you to the podcast. Thank you. I've been watching your videos for the past six years. Uh, it always inspires me. Uh, it always puts, you know, the, the heart for evangelism. it encouraged me to go out and preach the gospel you're a blessing to, to all of us amen amen all glory to god amen tell us a little bit about yourself i mean we know you but <laughs> well um i was born and raised in canada um i have mixed ancestry um a lot of mixed mixtures in my blood um but uh canadian jamaican um or you jamaican jamaican background as well um my wife's habisha my kids yeah. are he was born in uh, ethiopia really oh yes yes born wow. right in addis ababa in the korean hospital okay okay yeah. <laughs> and um uh yeah growing up uh was challenging at some points because i uh I guess in the time that I grew up there was there was actually a lot of racism you know um where, you know when I was young and um uh, being of somebody that's mixed um mm. you know it 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 didn't allow me to uh I guess fit in anywhere and so um you know I was always searching for my identity when I was young and then I got myself involved in gangs and um drugs alcohol um you name it everything that yeah. gangsters everything you'd see on the hip hop videos that's what i got myself involved with and and unfortunately i got myself involved with crime um and went in and out of jail um many times from the age of 13 to 16 oh. and um you know uh, my mother grew me up in church um and it wasn't that i didn't believe in god at the time it was just i didn't see how god was relevant to my life and it was a very strict religious upbringing that i had you know through my mother so i i just didn't see how this was helpful to me even though i knew it was right i just 
couldn't surrender to that because I wanted to feel good. I wanted to have fun. And so I found myself in jail four or five times um, until the point where they wouldn't let me out on bail. And uh, it was that time that I ended up reading the Bible. And um, there was a guy next to me who was actually a Muslim who had a New Testament Bible. And I read it and I felt the conviction of the Lord. I didn't fully understand the words, but I, but something was happening in my life that God was speaking to me. And I didn't understand everything about it, but God was showing me that I needed to repent. If I didn't, this would be my last chance. And and he specifically showed me the things that I needed to give up. Um, and uh, long story short, uh, in that jail cell, God convicted me. He showed me who I was and... Um, I, I called out on his name and, you know, in my own way, I, I you know, I invited the Lord Jesus in my life. And um, when I got out, I finally contacted a guy that was trying to reach out to me and tell me about Jesus so many times. And, and I finally said, now I'm ready, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, that was the beginning of my journey. So, I mean, I, I had a bit of a troubled background. My parents were split up by the age of 12. I, um, you know, was in the wrong crowd, but God saved me even in the jail cell. So, you know, I have a very humble beginning. Um, mm. I wasn't doing so well in school in those days. And, you know, and, that, and that's what makes me who I am. You know, I'm not trying to please anybody. I'm not trying to pretend I'm somebody special, um, which is probably why I come across the way I do. Um, I speak honestly with people because um, that's what I would appreciate, you know, you know, so for, to reach somebody like me, mm. um, you have to be a genuine person. You have to be real. You can't come with, you know, this fake suit and tie and kind of nonsense stuff that people put on in Christianity. I mean, God reached me in a jail cell and, um, and he met me where I was. And, and, uh, and I guess it, it, it God just knew exactly what he was doing because he brought me back to the streets and to reach out to yeah. regular people. And and when you think about it, most people out there are regular people. Most people are just like just like me, maybe not going to going to the jails, but they just want real answers. They just want understanding. And um that's how God has used me. That that was the grace that God given me is just to try to break down the complicated things. And mm. yeah. um so that that's a little about me. <laughs> wow. Yeah. What was the what was your age? Sit up. 16. Oh. 16, yeah. So yeah. it was in 6 when I was 16 in jail that's when uh God reached me. How was life like before before Christ? Yeah. Well, I mean, I was driving a lot of cars, you know, from the age of 13. I, I drove a BMWs, Hondas, Acuras. All stolen, though. I mean, um, <laughs> really? Yeah. So, I, I mean, I was li I was living it up. Um, you know, I stole a lot of money. So, you know, I had money. I had cars. I had women. Um, so, I, I f you know, I had a lot of friends at the time. So, I, I felt that, you know, this was the life, you know. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, but it always got me. It not always landed me in jail. Always landed me with more enemies. It always landed me... Um, just breaking relationships, just just creating more problems in my life. So I always had to look around my shoulder. I always had to, you know, wonder who's who's listening, who's watching, and and it was really an insecure life. You know, it's a, and I wasn't doing well in school. You know, so uh, yeah, my I broke every relationship with my family members, my mom, my my father. So. It, 
you know, it, it was a broken lifestyle. It was a broken mm -hmm. lifestyle. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, um, at the time, I thought it was fun. I thought it was, you know, great. But but then when God showed me what I was doing and where I was going, you know, I, I couldn't believe that I got myself wrapped up in all that stuff. And my life was almost a mess. Yeah. You know, if God didn't save me, then, you know, it would have, I don't know where I'd have been today. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know there's a gang community in Canada. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, hmm. man. There's gangs everywhere. Gangs. Hmm. I mean, they have Italian mobsters in, in Italy. They have African gangs. They have, you know, the Bloods and the Crips in the United States and Canada. I mean, all that hip-hop stuff you see yeah. is coming from yeah. the West, right? So hmm. a lot of gang stuff. Everywhere you go, you know, the Caribbean, hmm. Mexico. Hmm. I mean, anytime you have broken people, um, yeah. you, you're going to have gangs. You're going to have people that hmm. are rebellious, want to do their own thing, make yeah. money the illegal way. So, yeah. Yeah. Did you have a, a community, like a gang community, your friends? Where, where are they? Well, uh, <laughs> sad story short, I, I mean, I don't know where most of my friends are today. Um, I know that I can probably count about five to seven of them that are dead today, either shot dead or stabbed dead. I know one of, one of my close friends died of an overdose of fentanyl, drug overdose. Um, one of my other friends were beaten to death with a baseball bat. Another one was stabbed to death. One was shot in the head. Another one was shot in the head. Um, some of my friends are in jail for life for murder. So um, my friends that I knew from that those days that I used to hang out with in the gangs, I, I can't say I know where any of them are right now, mm -hmm. Like, except I know a couple of them are in jail. But I haven't seen them probably for well over 20 years. So, yeah. Um, Yeah, uh, I mean, everybody that participated in that lifestyle is either dead or in jail, mm. um, at least uh, from what I know. Um, and so I'm, I'm just thankful because that would have been me. <laughs> yeah. That would have been me. I mean, I'm thankful you're here because, one, you're not dead. Yeah, I'm not dead. <laughs> or in prison. Two, yeah. you are a blessing for, for all of us. Oh, Amen. Do, do you have a, a new day's experience? Oh, yeah, yeah. When I was 14 years old, I got in a high-speed car chase with police. And I, I <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is what you see on TV, man. Oh, my God. Um, and, yeah, um, they chased me down the street. And I, they, I think they, they must have shot my tire or my tire burst. But um, my, whole, my whole car went out of control. I crashed into another car. And, um, you know, I had scars all over my legs, my hands. Uh, the, the car was totaled. I almost died. I could almost not get out of the car. And um, I was bleeding to death. I had to go to the hospital. I mean, that was my first near-death experience. The second near-death experience was, I, I, mean, I wouldn't say it's a near-death experience exactly, but I was in this gang fight, and um, I was surrounded, and um, some guy, you know, took out some weapon. And um, I almost either got shot to death or stabbed to death right inside that place, but I managed to get away and... Um, You know, I was bleeding in my head, but I, I ran with for all my life. So that was uh, a very close experience. Another experience, mm -hmm. I, I was surrounded by another gang and I almost got stabbed to death, but I managed to get away. So I had, those are my three near-death experiences that I had, hmm. you know, all, all doing dealing with crime. And, hmm. and that's why when I, when I speak with the young kids about their lifestyle, I mean, it's a short-lived life if you want to do the wrong thing if you want to get in yeah. crime i mean it might feel good for the moment it might seem easy for the moment but it's always a consequence yeah. and you know i almost saw my consequences uh 
you know, when I was young, but I, but, but I, I just, I thank God that yeah, <laughs> he, yeah. he had mercy on me to, to allow me to escape. Yeah. One of the things that uh, surprises me about you is you're fearless. Right. Like you go everywhere. Right. You don't afraid the consequences, you know, right. there's uh, possibilities. All right. Do you think that's the result of uh, your background? I think some of it, but the interesting thing about it was that when I did become a Christian initially, I was actually very afraid, actually, um, because of what I was involved in. I knew how evil that world was and how evil my friends were. When I became a Christian, um, you know, I stopped doing all the gang stuff. I stopped all that stuff. And um, I was afraid for my life from them. You know, I was afraid that they might hunt me down and... Um, you know, because now I'm coming out, they might think I'm going to expose them. They might think that. Mm. So I was actually on a, on a hideout. Um, it wasn't until one day where I was walking through a mall and about 15 to 20 of my friends uh, were walking in that mall and they saw me and they were my old friends. And they said, uh, my nickname used to be Chippy. And they said, yo, Chippy, where you been, man? Because my, my tooth used to be chipped. And um <laughs> And I was I was terrified inside. I was like, oh man, like, what am I going to say to these people? Because I can't just say I'm a Christian because they don't care. Yeah. Um, they're going to think I'm a punk. They're going to think you know something. But then the Spirit of the Lord just put in my words like to say I'm a Christian now. And I said I'm a Christian. And I, I don't know that word Christ in the Christian just shocked one of my friends, and he jumped back and he said, whoa. And he said, that is good for you, man. And he just walked by. It was almost like I had victory. And that was the point where I had victory. Um, I felt fearless. Mm. Now I was not afraid of my past. Mm. And I wasn't afraid to tell people now because I realized there's power in the name of Jesus. So yeah. um, what really gives me confidence when I preach is knowing the reality of God um, and knowing where I'm going to go. Yeah. Because if you, if you know God is real and he's on your side, then no weapon formed against you will prosper. And I've proven that over the last many many years of walking with god and it's been 27 years so i've been walking with god god has never never failed me he's he's never left me in a in a ditch he's always protected me and you know even if he didn't because i know i'm saved because i know that his holy spirit lives inside of me and i'm a, i'm his child i know that i'm going to be with him anyway yeah. and the bible has the scripture says absent from the body is present with the lord uh, to live is christ and to die is gain so you know, having Christ in your life while you live is amazing, but knowing that if you die, you're still going to be with Christ, you'd have nothing to fear. So this keeps me, um, the the knowing that I'm a child of God, knowing that he's real, um, I have nothing to be afraid of. And, and, and that's literally what keeps me. Yeah. And maybe, maybe a part of my past prepared me. I mean, I, I've seen the worst, I, mm -hmm. I've seen the best, I've seen everything. But one thing, I've seen God. So, yeah. uh, you know, now I know God is in my life. So yeah. there's nothing else that, well, you know, matters. <laughs> I don't know if you, uh, of course you will remember. There was an incident where there was a, an LGBTQ right, right, celebration right. in, it's in, in Canada. In Vancouver. Yeah, Vancouver, BC, to, uh, Canada. Yeah, and you were preaching and they took you to jail. Mm -hmm. And after that... Actually, that's two separate scenarios. Okay? Not the nearest one. The, the Toronto one is when they took me to jail. So yeah, yeah. Vancouver um, is, yeah. is the other one. Vancouver is like where you baptized. Baptizing people. Yeah, the Toronto one, you went to jail and you came out. And like after a month or two, I don't know, you were talking inside a car. 
Right. We were like, they're everywhere. They're following me. And I was really, af- like, I was really scared right, for right, you, right, right, for right. your life. I was in, in, in campus and, like, have you ever doubt or question your strategy? Most people preach in the church. Right, right, right. They have, like, re- the respect and everything, the people right. with them. You go out, out on the street. Right. Have you ever questioned yourself? Have you ever felt uh, lonely? Um, I, you know, uh, in my early days when I started out serving the Lord and nobody was listening to me, I, there was thoughts, and I know it was from the devil or even my flesh that, you know, maybe I'm not qualified for this, or maybe God didn't call me, or maybe, maybe I'm not good enough. But every time those thoughts came to my mind, God's Holy Spirit kept telling me, no, you're doing fine, keep going. And um, I got used to believing God over the world because I've seen how um, these voices that try to discourage you, it's its uh, usually, it's its not from God. It's, it's just trying to stop you. So in those days, yes. But as time went on and I seen how the Lord has come through for me, um, I don't really question my strategy or my approach or even... Um, even uh, the message, actually, because I've seen the power of God. I've seen mm-hmm. God cast out demons. I've seen people get healed. I've seen people get saved. I've seen, I've seen um, God come through for me, and uh, and uh, you know, I've seen the effectiveness of what I do. Even though in the beginning it seemed like you know people were trying to say, "No, I'm doing it wrong," but I've seen thousands come to the Lord. Thousands, and you know, ministries have been formed off of the ministry that I do. Mm-hmm. They've been inspired, yeah. you know. Um, and I give all the glory to the Lord. So, yeah. so now when I look back now, I mean, we're one of the leading evangelistic ministries in the world. Um, yeah. you know, at least if you base it off of subscriber views on, yeah. or, or even subscribers on YouTube, Facebook, yeah. Instagram. So, um, I realized that I've been reaching, God has been using this ministry and using me to reach, uh, the younger generation, um, people that are disenfranchised or feel disillusioned from the traditional church system. Um, people that have real questions that are not being answered by their priests, by yeah. their pastors, yeah. by their imams. Yeah. Um, so, so I don't really question my approach or my strategy anymore. And the arrest actually that I had actually only propagated the message even more. So, you know, sometimes when you're doing the right thing, the enemy is going to try to stop you. And yeah. that's exactly what he tried to do, which didn't work. Um, so, yeah. And, and at the end of the day, like when I, you know, when it, when I did go through the court system, um, they realized there was nothing to hold me down. So they had to drop the charges. So, mm-hmm. so uh, it was a win. It was a win for me. It was a win for the Lord. It is, yeah. Amen. You were on every news and... Every you news. get promoted. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> they, I mean, it was, it, it was a spiritual promotion. I think it was. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. I like I like the mindset you have because on the Vancouver event you were like uh, telling to the baptized people. Yes. You guys are lucky. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that baptism was unbelievable. Like, uh, I mean, I. <laughs> yeah. I don't think anything like that has ever happened in history. I, I mean, that's gonna it's go crazy. down in history books. That's that was the craziest baptism I've ever seen. I know. It's crazy. So you came to Christ, you gave your life to Christ, and then what happened? Because, I mean, did you go to seminary? How did you study? Yeah. You, you know every, oh, you know the Quran. I don't know, you know everything, the... man. I'm still learning, man. But 
Uh, yeah, I did. Um, I did go to both a secular university uh, in Toronto called the University of Toronto. I went to um, the largest uh, Bible college and seminary in Canada, which is the Tyndale University and Seminary as well. I got a master's and a bachelor's degree, um, so I did. I did have a chance to study formally. Um, I studied Jewish studies in the um, in the University of Toronto as well. Some history. Um, so, uh, you know, I am very well versed and studied, but I, but, uh, I, I did a lot of my own studies, um, mm. when it came mm. to Islam, you know, I did do courses in Islam as well, but, you know, I, I took the time myself to mm. read through their books and yeah. buy some of their literature and try to understand their point of view. Um, and, and that's, that's, I think what makes me effective on, in some of my approaches because yeah. I actually take the time to yeah. listen. Yes. Uh, a lot of the learning thing, a lot of things I, I know now is not even from my school, is actually just listening to people on the streets, you know, just giving them a chance to speak their mind. And so when I talk with people and they, they rebuttal me, I give them mm. the microphone. And yeah. what a lot of people don't realize is I'm learning. <laughs> I'm in school right now. Yeah. And, and and um, my approach isn't really to just be right all the time. My my approach is I I, I want to learn from you, and I and I want to put my mind in your mind and, and and put my feet in your shoes to try to understand where you're coming from. And if I can understand where you're coming from, then then I can analyze you know based on what I know whether you're making some logical sense, whether you're true. Or, 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 or something, and I, and I, and I, and I start asking questions mm. back, and, and what I've, what I've learned is that the more I listen, the more I ask questions, yeah. is um, the more the truth surfaces, you mm. know, and Christ becomes a reality because yeah. there, there really is, there really is no other salvation out there other than, other than Jesus, and it's not because the Bible says so; it's because, it's just the reality; it's a fact, you mm. know. Like I, everybody that comes to me on the streets with all their knowledge. Mm. They really have no salvation outside of Jesus. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I believe it's a gift from God because yeah. you know how to communicate. You you ask great questions. Uh, they pose. <laughs> they they came like angry, but they pose and start listening to you. I believe it's a gift from God. Amen. You know, you're you're very articulate. Uh, it looks like you have been talking like <laughs> for many years. You're very articulate. Yeah, you, you you ask great questions. Yeah. Praise God. Praise the Lord. It's a really great uh, strategy. How did you came with the idea of straight preaching? Well, I've been ministering on the streets since almost the beginning, just in many different ways. Um, you know, when I first started, I, I used to just talk to the high school kids, you know, after school in small groups. Um It led to bigger groups. It led to buses. It led to you know preaching on the buses. It led to, uh, and then it led to um, just preaching with a microphone, mm. you know, on the streets. And yeah. the idea of the microphone started. I mean, obviously, there's probably people that were probably doing it way before me. But where I got the idea was. I used to do some gospel DJing, so I, I, I tried every way to reach people. I, mm. I figured the young people like music, so let me try mm. to find some good Christian music, but that sounds cool, <laughs> and let me try to like you know make some mixtapes or something. And did, did you do that? I did, yeah, 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 yeah. There are songs? Your songs? Uh, I do have music out there, actually. Yeah, I Let's do, do it, I, one I, of them. I, yeah, Let's... sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we could. I mean, you know, but, but I mean, uh, I was actually DJing, like DJing other people's songs, and, you know... Uh, 
And then I, when I got onto the streets and I, you know, I was, I was, I was preaching with another guy, you know, just to small crowds. Um, then I said, you know what, they now have wireless microphones and speakers that mm -hmm. I could bring out and, and it would just make everything a lot easier. Cause you, we were talking for like 10 hours straight preaching with no microphone and, that, and that's, that's oh true. yeah 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 you really build sure. up your lungs and your capacity you know sure, um, sure. but in your vocal cords it, it was a workout <laughs> yeah the first couple of days it was like my my throat was just like yeah you know but you do get used to it i mean you imagine jesus christ they had no microphones and they were like preaching like crowds yes. of five thousand. so know. they must have had like a really strong voice right mm. but now we had microphones and i you know i decided like you know what let me let me start bringing out a microphone and and i think that changed the game that changed the game because now uh you know, my reach could be a lot longer. People could hear me a lot uh, more with bigger distance. And um, and that, uh, I guess, just allowed, allowed, a, allowed a good back and forth to go yeah, along with yeah. people, you know, because you have a microphone, people can hear you. Yeah. And what I noticed is that people want to share their heart. They want to mm. share their mind. They want to be understood. And, yeah, yeah. and so that's, uh, mm. yeah. Is that the reason your voice is deep? That I don't know. I, I mean, <laughs> probably. I mean, I've been preaching for a very long time. I mean, right now my throat is raspy, um, yeah. but uh, it could be. I mean, I, it must be. I mean, I mean, I, yeah. uh, that's what I do. So maybe I don't so, know. Yeah. Con congratulations! You exposed me because people think my voice is deep. <laughs> it's no more. Yeah. Oh no! no. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh man! One thing that that also amazes me. Is the like how how you study the the laws yes you go to london yeah when the officers came that's it you you talk to them like uh, you know the laws yeah. do you do you intentionally uh, study the laws well it's always good to know there's one time i didn't exactly study the laws because I, i guess i've been doing it for so many so many years i went to australia and um i just assumed that it was the same as canada or uk <laughs> So for that was the one time, and that was recent. That was about like two months ago. It was the first time in like 27 years I never studied the law. And a police came and, uh, you know, he, he was telling me about certain things. And I said the wrong thing, um, thinking that his law, the, you, uh, you know, Australian laws were the same as Canada, but they weren't. So I kind of got myself in a little bind, but it, I got out of the bind. But, but I usually, uh, you know, examine the, the, the local laws just mm. because you know, anything can happen on the street and you want to, yeah. you want to be informed, um, just so that, uh, you know, you know, yeah. you, you know where to operate from and, and yeah. your wiggle room. Right. Is that the video where you stop using the speaker and you start talking by you just by yourself? Uh, if it was in Sydney, Australia, yes, that one was the yeah, one. I saw um, that. Yeah. yeah. And, and the police kind of tricked me. Some, sometimes when you're preaching, the police aren't always fair and sometimes yeah. they will trick you if you don't know the law. So I, and I've learned that very quickly. So even in uh, Ethiopia, five years ago, I was preaching here and uh, a police officer came up to me and says, you're not allowed to do this. And I said, of course I am. I said, have you read your local laws? And he said, what laws? And I was like, I'll show you your laws. And, you know, the FDA, I think it's called the FDA or the Federation. Yeah. Uh, yeah something like that. And, And there's there's apparently freedom of speech in in Ethiopia and and I and I know Ethiopia the police are not always uh, up to date with their own laws you know <laughs> yeah. but uh, it is there no here. yeah <laughs> it's a very different country here but it's getting better it's getting better it's getting better yeah. I mean yeah. you know yeah. and uh, but there is freedom of speech and you know once I showed him that then he left me because he realized that here I, 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. He realized that I knew what the law was, and okay. and once you know the law, like it's like Paul, the Apostle Paul, when yeah, they yeah. challenged him, they said, "Well, you can't just throw me in jail and beat me like this. I'm I'm a Roman citizen. Like yeah. I have rights, you know." So, so I mean, if God has blessed you with rights, why not use them, right? Yeah, it's a gift. Yeah, you're actually like uh, Apostle Paul, except the epist- epistles. Yes, you didn't write uh, epistles. I didn't write I, the epistles. No. Maybe. <laughs> no. And and your body. Oh, <laughs> your body is built. I don't think Paul's body yes, is that yes, yeah. built, but yeah, th- that's yeah. the only difference I, yeah, I can see. Oh, hey <laughs> man. Yeah, there anything like a fun fact that people don't know about you? Um, I love. Um, I used to really be in shape when I was young. I I I've always liked martial arts, so I've I love gymnastics, martial arts, running. I like to be athletic, and when I'm not, I don't feel right. So I, I just feel like if you have a body, God has given you a temple. You wanna, you wanna use it, maximize it. You know, be effective with it. I, I like, you know, I just recently started running with an Ethiopian runner, mm. um, long distance. I'm horrible at long distance, <laughs> um, but yeah. um, I admire it because mm. I mean, you yeah. know, you know. So I, I love sports. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, I like boxing. I, I I got myself into boxing. Um, you know, I know that could be controversial, but I just the just <laughs> yeah. The, I saw you provide. Yeah. yeah, just just the athleticism of boxing. It, mm. It's it's a lot of work. Even the Apostle Paul quoted boxers. He said, you mm. know, like we have to we have to treat our Christianity mm. as if we're a boxer or like fighting for the prize, mm. and we don't just mm. beat the air. Like mm. you know, so there's a lot you can learn from sports. Yeah, so I I, I love sports. Oh, that's, that's I mean, I, I don't, crazy. I don't sit around and watch sports though. Yeah, I'm not oh, like really? one of, I'm not. No, I don't actually. I don't sit around and watch football, and I know that's a big thing in Ethiopia. So forgive is, me. Yeah, is, I know, yeah. I know. Um, I actually don't watch sports. I like to actually do sports. Um, um, I, I, you know, I just like to be in shape. I like that's to be awesome. in shape. Yeah. That's awesome. So when I see your profile, it sounds like don't play with me, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'll punch you in the face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I actually, I, you know, I'm 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 like the least violent guy, though. I mean, you know, if if it's in a ring and it's moderated and and you know that's it's a different story, but yeah. but uh, I I don't get myself in fights or anything like that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, you were uh, on on one sermon. You were sharing about your insecurities. Yes. About your hate. I, I believe your story will will uh, encourage someone who thinks he is incapable or limited or you know insufficient yeah. uh, you're talking about we are insufficient right only right. god would work through us as i see you i see courage i see a strength but i, I was surprised because my mind couldn't believe that you had oh, <laughs> insecurities man. you know what i mean i know as a human being we all have some insecurities or limitations but you know you don't look like that mm. so i believe it's only god that's giving you the boldness yeah. the you know the strength the courage so share us about that oh yeah i mean like starting from when i was young i mean i i grew up in a mixed heritage background and um you know just didn't fit in i mean you know you want to you want to fit in in one side or another and it, and it's like you know no matter what you do you just don't so that was one of my first insecurities when i was a kid i was bullied everywhere i went every school i went um i don't know why from the first day like, I, i had very few friends i was very lonely and Um, it was almost like, 
there was like a sign on my head saying bully me you know and and uh, so that kind of made me feel insufficient, made me feel like maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm just different or, you know. So that was another thing. The third thing was is I, I used to like girls and the girls didn't like me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that was another thing. I mean, you know, and this is how I grew up. These are my early years. So when those early years shape everything you think about yourself. I could have yeah. been the best looking. I could have been yeah. the most athletic. But it was what I thought about myself. And uh, when I started to hit around the age of 12, that was when I guess my athleticism started to shine. People started to like me for my skills mm. and, um, and, and muscles started to grow. Girls started to like me. I started to develop a little more. So, you know, girls thought I was a bit good looking, <laughs> but I still, I still, <laughs> yeah, well, it's true. It's true. But, but I still carried that insecurity that mm. that uh, weak side in the inside of me because of you know whatever I went through um, so I found myself I don't know just with the wrong girls I mean the, the girls that I was with uh, it wasn't once wasn't twice many many girls they, they just always cheated on me for some reason I, and I was like a doormat for some reason I mean mm. I was I was an insecure guy and I was desperate even though I had no reason to be desperate and I started getting confidence the wrong thing. I started kind of, you know, doing some of that back to girls, like, you know, acting like some mm. player and, you know, and but that wasn't really me. I mean, I was just looking for love. And, you know, the few times that I found love in my life, it, it, you know, when I gave my whole heart, you know, is again, like just looking, for, looking, you know, getting with the wrong girls, they always ended up breaking my heart. So, I mean, this was, this was like a, like the longest few chapters of my life was just being rejected or, and then what made matters worse, you become a Christian and, um, and then you're rejected for your faith too. <laughs> I yeah. mean, so now I, now those things are not uh, the biggest thing in my life anymore. Like I, mm. I got over the hurdles and the rejection and the, and the, and the pain of my past. But, um, but now it's like, in the Christian world, like now I'm like too radical for people. I'm too legalistic for people. I'm, I'm too bold for people. And, you know, and I'm, you know, so now it's a, it's a different form of rejection. And, um, but you know, when I look back now, I thank God for all of the rejection because it, it made me focus all my heart and attention on the, the, the gospel on the Lord. And, and not worrying about the praise of man or whether they, whether people accept me or not or whether people abandon me. I mean, being a pastor, being someone in my shoes, you get rejected a lot. You have things thrown at you. You have even people that are your close friends, they abandon you. I've 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 been backstabbed so many times. I've I've had people that I thought were close to me understood me, turned their back on me. Parishioners, people that come to my church, they leave. They betray me i mean i i've been through everything and this is the life of jesus jesus yeah all his 12 disciples they left him um everybody that followed him through his three years of ministry mm -hmm. left him he was crucified um the apostles they were all killed some of them were stoned some of them were um you know the apostle john you know was in the worst kind of predicament peter was crucified upside down so Part of walking with Christ is understanding rejection and understanding suffering and understanding sacrifice, but mm. for the for the greater good. Mm. And I've come to the point that I've seen that you know when you can surrender your life to Christ, um, 
in all things and surrender your insecurities, God gives you such a joy and a peace that mm. no one can give and no mm. one has ever given me. No woman, mm. no friend has ever, ever given me the peace that I have with the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That's, that's really necessary for young people. They, they, we need to listen to this. Like, oh, I've been through it. I, yeah. I, I know what it feels like when you're young and it's mm. like girls mm. don't like you mm. or your girlfriend break, breaks up, goes for the other guy or cheats. Mm. I've been through all issue. of that, man. Yeah. And, yeah. and it sucks. It, it hurts. But I can tell you there's, there's greater things ahead. Yeah. There's greater things ahead. Yeah, yeah. It looks like world uh, turns up to, upside yes. down. Yes. How many countries do you travel Oof, that's a big question. <laughs> I don't know. I would say, I, I, I mean, I would, at least 20, at least at least 20 mm. that I can think of. Mm. Um, you know, we I've planted churches in at, at least four to five continents. Um, oh. I mean, we have about 20 in the United States, two in Canada. We have... We have a few of them in, in the UK, mm. Ireland, North Ireland, uh, Norway, Sweden, mm. um, Australia, uh, Holland. Mm. You know, I think that's about it. Um, we have a couple official, unofficial ones in, in New Zealand, in South Africa. Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't even planning on going to all these different countries. Yeah, it was just, yeah. I guess, the leading of the Lord just mm. led me to these countries. You know what? These countries are becoming unreached now. Yes. They were the one who sent missionaries to right. to us, to African right, right. countries and all over the world. But now they need to be reached by the gospel. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that. But, you know, some of the most dying countries when it comes to the gospel is the West right now. Yeah. And, and it's getting very difficult to preach the gospel in yes. the West. Like, yes. I mean, I, I myself went to jail yeah. twice in the West, once in London, UK, and, and the other time in, in Toronto. You jailed in London? In, in London, really? yeah. Yeah. You never think. I mean, London, UK is, is like mm. where most of the missionaries between United States and UK. I know. You actually went to jail uh, both before Christ and after Christ. Yes, I know. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, it is funny. <laughs> wow. So, it's like I'm living in jail, man. <laughs> yeah, let, let's, let's see the difference. Yeah. Um, when you go to jail for something that you've done wrong, you're always trying to hide the truth. You're... You're always wishing to get out. You're always trying to um, justify yourself somehow. or um, Yeah, you always have to hide. Like You have to lie, keep lying and lying because you, you don't want anyone to know. But, and, you, and you have this guilty feeling. You have this struggle on the inside. But, but when you go to jail for Christ, like, part of me didn't even care if I got out. Like I, I, I was, I was yeah. singing in the jail. I was rejoicing because oh, I, d I didn't do anything wrong. And, um, and I knew I was serving the Lord and, and I felt so, so similar to Jesus, to the apostles. Mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. now when I read the Bible, I could never read it the same. Like I know what it felt like for Paul to write something from jail or to, all his sayings make more sense if you're persecuted and you've gone to jail. Yeah, like you, yeah. like a Christian reading the Bible, you can understand it to a point until you go to jail. Then you're like, wow, now I see. Like, <laughs> you know, same thing with planting churches. Like, you'll never really understand the New Testament until you get out there on the field, evangelize, and start planting. Then you're like, oh, this is what it means, you know. Mm. So, so I mean, I had a good time in jail. To be honest, I, I part of me wish I. You know, mm. I could have stayed longer. Um, 
And I didn't stay that long in jail both times because they, they let me out on bail both times. Um, but, you know, it, it's a beauty to suffer for the Lord. And, mm. you know, it, it's not as bad as people think. Mm. And, I, and, I, and, I, and I'm not saying that it couldn't be bad. I mean, there's people in yeah, the world yeah. that have gone to jail for long periods of time and they haven't yeah. seen their families for 20 years. I'm not, I'm not saying that's easy. I'm just mm. saying that God gives you the grace and the strength when you're serving the Lord. And, yeah. and I'm sure for those who, are suff who suffered a, a lot more than me, yeah. um, they may have had moments of questioning, may, maybe had moments of, of doubts and fear. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure that God's Holy Spirit has given them grace to sustain and keep moving forward because that's what he—that's what he's done for me. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Did you say you came across with uh, a gay officer? Um. Well, I think it was in when I got arrested the last time. I I think the last officer that arrested me was was gay, um, and um, clearly biased. I mean, I shouldn't have got arrested that day. Hmm. Um, but I, you know, I got arrested because I guess he had an agenda, mm. but the charges didn't stick. They got dropped and, and mm. I got released. Uh, I wonder if there are people who damn you, like warning you to stop or, you know, um, you know, there's always the mothers out there. Um, <laughs> the people that are really worried, like, you know, don't worry, don't worry. But, but the Bible says, you know, if the Lord is our light and our salvation, whom shall we fear? If the Lord's mm -hmm. the strength of our life, of whom shall we be afraid? Um, yeah, there's always been people out there that are like, you know, be careful, you know, don't preach there, don't preach to them or, but I mean, I don't, I just don't see that kind of fear mongering in the Bible. I mean, Jesus says to go into all the world and make disciples yeah, and yeah. Um, everybody needs a chance. I mean, So what if what if that kind of mindset was towards me? Like I was into jails, I was into crime. What if someone said, you know, don't don't share the gospel mm -hmm. with him because he's he's a gangbanger. You know, you can get hurt. Mm -hmm. I mean, I wouldn't be saved today, right? You know, some yeah. of the greatest evangelists were some of the most worst people on in, on the planet. Yeah. Um, you know, Jesus walked with former prostitutes, former former adulterers, former thieves like Zacchaeus. You know, mm -hmm. the chief tax collector, right? Mm -hmm. So. I mean, you can't judge a person's heart. So yeah, that's yeah. why being afraid to go go to the slums, go to the gangs, like mm. you don't know who's there. God's people mm. are there, yeah. you know. So, so as much as I understand where people are coming from, a place of concern, yeah. even the disciples were concerned. No, Jesus, you're not going to die. Mm. You know, don't you're not going to go on the cross. Yeah. But he had to rebuke them and say, "Satan, get behind me. You know not the heart of the Father. Right? Yes. The heart of the Father was to." to die for you if he, if he didn't go to the cross, right? Yeah. So if we didn't go to these highways and byways, yeah. we wouldn't, we ourselves wouldn't see salvation, mm. right? So mm. yeah, I get those people, but. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> you went to Arab countries, right? I went to Malaysia, which oh. is a Muslim country. Yes, um, yes. I did pass through UAE. I went to Israel, which is, I guess, Jewish and Arab. Um, I did preach in Israel. Yeah. Um, and I did, did, Not, well, I preached in the conference in Malaysia. I baptized a few people in Malaysia, which was interesting. Um, mm. I can't say I've officially preached in like a, like openly preached mm. in like an Arab country yet. Mm. Okay. Um, one of these days soon, but not mm. yet. Yeah. But the rule won't allow that, right? 
I don't think they would allow that at all. No, yeah. I think Sharia law, I, I don't think they let Christians preach publicly. Yeah. Although my wife, who's an ex-Muslim, she yeah. uh, used to live in UAE, and she told me she used to preach openly on the streets in UAE. Really? Yes. Um, Maybe it's I Amharic so that they... That's what I was it. thinking. That's what I was thinking. I was like, did you... Really? When I get home, I'm going to ask her that. Like, as soon as I said that, I'm like, she probably spoke in Amharic. So yeah. they're like, okay, leave her alone. <laughs> but um, I'm going to ask her that. Yeah. But, yeah that, that, but uh, she said she used to preach. But she did tell me she used to preach in the workplace to her coworkers, which yeah. which is you're not supposed oh. to share the gospel. Yeah. So, okay. yeah. Yeah, mm. but not yet, not yet, and <laughs> and it's and it's not that I w I don't want to. It's just uh, I just haven't got gotten a chance to go to those mm. countries yet. Mm. So yeah. you just plan to go somewhere in the world and go there, or you have a team? That Usually can... now, like I obviously you know we pray about it. Um, it's the leading of the spirit, but um, now because the ministry is global, mm. we have a lot of people that take our our discipleship courses online. Mm. And have, yeah, we do. We'll we do. It, yeah. Um, yeah. And um, sometimes there's certain countries where a lot of people from that country are taking the Bible study. So there might be like 30 people from that from that city that are taking the Bible study. And when I see like big groups of people from a city, mm. I see that as an opportunity to go there and help them establish a small community of like-minded people, a small church where they yeah. can disciple one another and, and, yeah. and keep the mission going. So... Mm. So like Sydney, Australia, when I went there, there was already people that I knew online that took the course. Mm -hmm. And most of the cities that I go to, that's that's one of the yeah. reasons why. I think a lot of the Arab countries, there's a lot of uh, censorship. Like online censorship? Online censorship. So I, I, you know, I don't really get huge numbers. Yeah. But when I do look at the stats of YouTube and stuff, there are, there are large portions of people that do watch my videos in these mm -hmm. countries. Mm -hmm. But they never really make themselves known. So... Mm -hmm. I mean, the methodology of maybe going there and gathering these people might be a little different because it could it could literally mean their life. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I, I haven't really put a good strategy together of, okay, these people that view me, how would I let them know that I would be coming to their country? Because if I publicize it, let's say, let's say I'm going to Saudi Arabia, guys, <laughs> preaching the gospel, come yeah. and gather with me. Okay, everybody that gathered with me will be arrested. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know what I would do, uh, you know, and... Yeah. You know, maybe walking through the streets of Saudi Arabia, maybe people would recognize me from the videos, and maybe they would pull mm. me in, and I would get arrested as immediately. I I, I have no clue. So, I, um, I, I guess just I'll be praying for the Lord how to lead yeah. me in those yeah. in those countries. You know, I guess it's just you know it's a different like it's a different system, right? Like yeah. the laws are not in support. Malaysia is interesting. Malaysia and Lebanon are interesting because they're both Muslim countries, but they have a liberal interpretation of the law. So. Mm. I have a feeling I can preach in Malaysia, mm. and I might try it. Actually, I was I was about to do it if it, I was just there because of someone's conference, and I was I was going to do it myself, but I didn't want to ruin their conference and get arrested, and, and I didn't get to do their conference right. But uh, Lebanon, there's a lot of Christians as well, but but the laws are more loose. So I, I might try to see if I could do. If mm. I do, I might try those countries first. Mm. So just just feel it out. Let's see. Yeah, why not? <laughs> the harvest is uh, plenty. Yeah. Who is your favorite uh, Bible character? I would say Moses, and um, why? I, I guess it's because. Um, I saw his insecurities, you know, when he's like, you know, don't send me. I'm, I'm a stutterer. I'm a nobody. 
I mean, I'm the, I'm the same. I mean, I don't think, you know, I'm anybody special in, in that sense. You know, um, Moses, neither, neither did he, but God used Moses so mightily to, to free the people. And, and even the own, his own people rejected him too. And I, and I identify a lot with him and, and I just see him as a mighty man of God. And, and um, I mean, who do you know that parted the Red Sea? I, I mean, I know someone that walked on the on the waters, and that was Jesus. So, but I mean, watching Moses, uh, I mean, his story still captivates me. I've I've watched the movie Ten Commandments so many times, um, mm -hmm. and um, I, I probably more than any other biblical movie. So, I mean, just the story of Moses really, and his life, his characteristics, just captivate me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, are you saying including the Jesus view? <laughs> you know, believe it or not, including the Jesus film. I mean, um, I, I, if if there was one Jesus film that I really liked, it was the uh, the recent one made by that Hollywood actor. I forgot the name. It was Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson one. Yeah, the Passion. The Passion of the Christ. Mm -hmm. That one was really well done. But but I guess because I have Jesus Christ in my heart yeah, already, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I you know, and I read the Bible. I don't I don't know. I I don't know why. I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you asked me a question. <laughs> it's a tough question. I mean, I like them all. I'm just I definitely I'm love just Jesus. Hundred percent. <laughs> Jesus is number one. Okay, but There's, I'm a hard word for yeah. for what I did now. Yeah, it's called like master core. Okay, know? it's just like look, Jesus. Look what, yeah, yeah. What he said. <laughs> you know what? Uh, the Jesus film is made by our ministry. Okay. Yes. Yeah. No and uh, it it. The Jesus film is like big, big time. This yeah, one thousand seven hundred. Yeah, in, almost in, every language. Only in Ethiopia, forty oh, wow. something language. Yeah, oh, wow. forty-eight, I guess. Yeah, so it's it's uh, one of the tools we use okay. to reach uh, every tribe in Ethiopia. Wow. So we're doing the translation now, even now. So, yeah. Wow! Wow! That's amazing! Yeah. Amazing! Uh, even though it's not your favorite, it's okay. Oh no, we're using it as a tool. No. I'm just kidding. Okay, I take it back, man. The Jesus <laughs> film number one. Cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Amen. Have you seen the Chosen? No, I haven't. I've heard a oh, lot man, about it. I've heard good and bad about it. To be honest, I mean, I've heard good in the sense of like, wow, it's really yeah. good. But then I heard, I heard oh. that there's, and I hope I'm not saying the wrong thing, but. I heard that it, some of the stuff was kind of yeah. like not exact. But yeah. again, I haven't seen it, yeah, so I, yeah. I can't really judge on it. But uh, if it's leading people to the Lord, I'm happy. You know? Yeah, I see. You know, the Jesus film and uh, there's other ministry, I forgot the name. They use the word by word, mm. you know, what it says on the Bible. The chosen, they, they're trying to show the life of the, the apostles. Right. So they kind of, uh, you know, add some stories right. to it and so some people are mad about it because the bible is the bible don't add yeah. anywhere to the yeah so but i understand as a as a creator i, I understand what they are doing mm. because they allow us to see the life of the apostles yeah. and their relation their relationship with christ so i really love them that movie it, it just Amen. just it, i see myself through the apostles so Amen. maybe check it out and yeah yeah, we'll yeah, see. yeah i'll check it out i hope you like it out. Amen. You are uh, your, your job is your full time job is uh, evangelism. Yes, uh, I would love to to hear from you about taking the gospel or evangelism as a job. Well, I mean, I you know when I started out serving the Lord, I, I never really when you when you say job, like 
in ministry is kind of complicated in a way because I mean, I was always doing evangelism. The, the moment I gave my life to the Lord, I was telling people, minus those just few first months of just kind of hiding out and just fixing my life because I just came out of jail. But after that, I mean, I was always telling people about the Lord because that's what Christians normally do. So that is all of our jobs, um, yes. paid or unpaid. And the last thing anybody should be thinking of when it comes to serving God is pay because he's paid it all on the cross mm -hmm. for us. And mm -hmm. we, we don't deserve anything. And at least that's my mindset. I don't, but, um, you know, God understands that the more that you serve him and in the, in the depth of the capacity that you serve him, obviously you're going to have to eat somehow and you're going to have to live somehow. Um, but I never started getting being employed or or being financially compensated for, for serving the Lord um, until maybe about four or five years ago. I mean, and I've been serving God for 27 years. So, mm -hmm. so for 22 years of my life, I've been serving God voluntarily. And and I've planted churches, I've pastored churches, you know, for free, you know, and uh, never asked anybody for money and I didn't care for money because God always gave me a job. Um, but I was working bivocationally. So I was serving, you know, I was pastoring a church, doing Bible studies, evangelizing. Plus I was working full time at the same time. And, and you know, that's how I lived for 20, 22 years of my Christian service until it just got so busy, you know, it just got really busy, like... I couldn't, and I had a good job. I had a really good job. You know, I had my own office, you know, I, but the demands of the ministry was so high. You know, now I, at that time, I planted about three churches already, two to three churches. Um, the church that I was primarily pastoring has grown a lot. Um, I was on the streets almost every day preaching, and it was just, I had to mentor people, do Bible, and it was just getting. I was. I ended up at my work doing my ministry job, which is mm -hmm. not exactly ethical. Uh, I mean, you know. <laughs> so see. like half the time I was at my work, I wasn't doing my work. I was. I, I mean, I did get my work done. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. but I wasn't giving my full effort into that yes, job. Yes. I was serving God, and mm -hmm. then I was just like, okay, sooner or later I'm going to get caught. It's not a good testimony, mm -hmm. and I'm not. I don't really have time for the ministry because I'm always at work. And, and that's where now I, I, I knew and God, God gave me the strong conviction. I have to surrender something in order mm -hmm. to serve. And it was a scary transition because yeah. I didn't know where the money was going to come from. The, the, mm -hmm. the church wasn't pulling in enough money to even look mm -hmm. after me. So I was just like, and I didn't, I didn't want to put the church in jeopardy for me. I mean, I had a job. So, I see. Mm -hmm. so, but God, God was like, okay, I need you. And I want you to serve me here. And by faith, I, I, I put in my letter of resignation. I didn't know where the money was going to come from. I was willing to live in a shelter if I had to, because it was about it was for the Lord. But some for somehow God just came through for me. People found out I quit my job. They started financially supporting me. And wow. lo and behold, I was able to serve God full time. And it's been like that for five years. And um Pretty good. And you know what? Like, I'm not dependent on money. Like, I know there there are people out there, ministries out there, pastors out there. I've seen a lot. I've seen people, you know, take many offerings in church. I've seen people, you know, I heard things about Ethiopia, about yes. like, in order to see a pastor, you have to yeah. book a guest house. Or I, I don't know what, you're, you're nodding your head because it's true. Indeed. I'm hearing this from other Ethiopians. And, yes. I, and I, I never was like that. I don't do that. And I find that kind of shocking, to be honest, because, mm -hmm. I mean, what if, what if people don't have money? I mean, what if, mm -hmm. you know, like, 
I mean, people should be able to come to you for counsel to talk to you. You're their pastor. It's like, imagine, I, I mean, I'm, I'm my son's father. Like, you got you to pay to see me. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, so mm-hmm. I never, I never want to become like that. And, I, and I'm not like that. I don't want to be a guy that's dependent on ministry for money. And, you know, even though I'm being financially compensated for that, amen, to serve the Lord, if worst case scenario comes and it's like, you know what, I don't, I don't mind being a janitor. I don't mind working in a shoe store. I don't yeah. mind because everywhere is ministry. Everywhere is ministry. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I picked up tools. I learned how yeah. to uh, put drywall together. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's mm-hmm. ministry because the people, person next to you needs yeah. the Lord. Like, this is what we need to understand. Our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit yes. anywhere you go. So some people have you know the calling to be either media full-time for yes. the lord or a church ministry mm-hmm. but everybody's in ministry yes so my evangelism didn't start mm-hmm. because i was in a salary position for ministry my yeah. my yeah. my my evangelism started as a christian mm-hmm. and that's worship your 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 ministry is your worship your mm-hmm. job is your worship yes. you know you're putting god first you're serving the king so even if he makes you a nurse a doctor a janitor uh, shoe store salesman. I mean, the king puts you there yeah. to serve the Lord. Yeah. And through that, you're going to be compensated. Yeah. Even if it's making money through the shoes, yeah. that will carry you forth. But in that capacity, you need to tell someone about Jesus. And we need people everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. At least yeah. this is my philosophy. That's that's very biblical. And yeah. I, tr- I believe that's true. Uh, what keeps you motivated or committed on missions work? Because people get distracted in the world, like making money multiplying their money, yeah. their asset, and, uh, you know, doing well, yeah. promotions. I, I think for, I can speak for, for myself. Like, you got to be true to yourself, and, and you got to know what you're really looking for in life and what really satisfies you and what is it that you want. I mean, for me, um, I know God is real, and... I know what satisfies me is honoring the Lord and I've tried everything else and what keeps me going and serving the Lord is is the grace in my life like I I know that there's nothing else in life that would give me peace. I follow the peace of God. Like I could probably make a lot of money being a lawyer. I'm a good speaker. I had good grades. I could have went into science. I could have gone into a lot of uh, avenues, but I don't feel the peace. I don't feel God leading me. I don't feel the grace. Even though I have in some way the grace to do it, I wouldn't be satisfied. I'd feel like I'm not fulfilling my purpose. And and so everybody has to know what their purpose is in life. Like what is it deep down inside that God has put inside of you to do? And I think when you find that, you're, you're never going to be distracted because it's like, okay, why would I want to, to make a lot of money being a lawyer when I when I when I have no peace doing that, when when I know that's against my purpose, like I, I'm I'm built to do what I do. I'm mm. I'm gifted to do what I do. This mm. is this is where I thrive. This is this is where God is pleased. Where I feel I'm honoring Him, and 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 so that the, I think the Spirit gives witness inside of you of where you're called. And I always teach this, I'm, you know, to people three three things that help people to find their purpose. Number one. Everybody has a natural calling, uh, a general calling and a specific calling. Your natural mm. calling is if you were created a male or a female, you're, you have a natural purpose and a calling to be a male or a female. This is very simple. So mm. if you're a father, be a good father. That's your purpose. If you don't be a good father, you're always going to feel inside like you're doing something wrong. Mm. 
And that's not the way to live. No one likes to feel miserable. So you got to fulfill your natural calling. If yes. I'm a husband, I got to be a husband. Mm. Okay. Your general calling, if you're a Christian, your purpose is to be a Christian. I mean, mm. when God when God makes you born again, you're going to have that witness inside, like do the things of Christ, mm. you know, live out the fruits of the Spirit. If you go out against that, you're going to feel, you're grieving the Spirit. You're going to feel miserable. So this is the reason why I don't just go run into the world and go mm. chase money because it's like I'm born again. Now, when you're not born again, you won't have that witness, and then you're gonna you're gonna chase things thinking that that's gonna satisfy you because yeah. you just don't know. Yeah. But those who know, those who are in the know, those who are born again, their eyes are open. So it, it's very difficult. Even if a Christian did that for a bit, they're gonna feel miserable inside, and they're like I can't do this. And they're gonna come back if they're a real Christian. If they're a phony Christian, and they're gonna they're gonna stay in the world, they're gonna keep doing it, and they're not gonna have that witness of the Holy Spirit. So. The general purpose, general calling of everybody that's a Christian is to be a Christian. Mm. So, uh, you know, and the and while you're being a good Christian male, like for me, I'm a good Christian male. My natural calling, my general calling, God is going to reveal the specific way in that natural and general calling that you can best serve him. So the, the specific calling, the specific purpose that I have comes, I, comes after you... Uh, God will reveal that in time for some people or give it in a dream or you'll just find yourself while you're being a Christian. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm as a, I'm the best Christian I can be in media. Mm. I'm the best Christian I can be while I preach. And so I'm, that's my specific calling and God is going to give the grace and the, and the, 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 the leading to preach. Mm -hmm. And it's just going to come naturally. Yeah. Yeah. I think when people try to do something that it's not them and mm. there's never going to be a piece, it's not going to come out right. It's not going to be effective. Yeah. So this is why I keep doing what I do because it's it's just, it's in me. It's my grace. Yeah. I, I've come to see that this is where my calling is. Yeah. This is where God's leading me is, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, it's a free, a free training. <laughs> yeah. That's that's how I see it, man. So it's, it's, it's kind of difficult. I can't yeah. really... Even if I wanted to do, do anything else, which mm. I could do, it, it, it just doesn't feel right. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't feel right. Yeah. I believe uh, as young people, we need to find our calling. How does your devotional time looks like? Yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes it fluctuates, but what I try to do is have balance in my life. So starting my day off with God, I have a little journal that I, I take. I have my Bible right beside my bed and and you know i take some time just to read and to pray ideally i i like to spend at least maybe two to two to two and a half hours in the morning and same thing in the night sometimes i don't get all of that time sometimes depending um especially when you're traveling a lot but mm. but i've been slowly getting back into that and and uh you know a lot of reading you know spending a lot of time just meditating on the word And I try to kind of mix it up. So if it's two and a half hours, I, I usually spend about an hour and a, an hour and fifteen fifteen minutes just just reading, meditate, taking notes, uh, writing in my journal any anything that God is speaking, and then the rest of the time I would pray. Mm. That's what I do. I mean, there's other guys that would spend. Uh, you know, I just spoke with a, a, a man of God. He was like, I just, I just spend like three hours just speaking in tongues all day. Um, and, and that's wonderful too. Um, you know, everybody has their different devotional life, mm -hmm. but, but this is kind of where I'm at, you know, um, 
and I want to grow in that area too. I think everybody mm-hmm. can grow more, you know, mm-hmm. just, you know, when you're juggling so many things in life, you, yeah. you know, you have to balance, so yeah. I, I, you know, I, I, yeah. only on special occasions, maybe if I yeah. take time away from everything, I could spend the whole day just mm-hmm. praying and reading, you know, but on a regular day-to-day basis, about yeah. about yeah. two hours in the morning, two hours in the night. That's great. Yeah. I know that you're not like uh, most pastors in the West. You, you promote spiritual gifts. Amen. So yeah, amen. Well, I don't, I don't know how you can't. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 strange. I mean, um, yeah, the West is very different than Ethiopia. I, I notice in Ethiopia the gifts of the Spirit are a little more in operation over here. All Africa, here. yeah. Almost all of Africa, yeah, yeah um, pretty much. Yeah, in the West, uh, I don't know. They have some strange people that almost feel that you don't need certain gifts for today. Um, but I've come to see over just the experience of my life how important it is to hear the voice of God. Mm. Um, getting dreams from God is so important. It, it leads you, um, guides you, protects you. You know, if you're not led, if you don't hear the voice of God on a day-to-day basis, like, you know, I, 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 it, that, that would be strange, yeah. you know, because yeah. I, 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 I don't know. Mm. Um, and, and especially in the church, I mean, a church is dead without the gifts of the spirit. I mean, you need sometimes a prophetic word. You, and I'm not saying always. You need teaching. You, yeah. you need good teaching. A lot of the, sometimes you see extremes. You see churches only just prophecy, 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 but no, no teaching, mm. and that's not good either. I mm. mean, you need mm. all the gifts. You need teaching. You need mm. pastoring. Where pastor come and shepherd you and take you alongside and walk mm. with you and mm. nurture you. You need those gifts. Mm. All of them are spiritual gifts. Yes. All of them. You yes. need evangelistic gifts. You mm. need helps gifts deliverance deliverance gifts yeah. you need healing i mean well, james chapter five you know whoever's sick let them call the elders of the church a prayer of faith will save the sick mm. it's right there i mean so absolutely i mean jesus is the same yesterday mm. today and forever so that teaching yeah. needs to remain in the church and when it's not i i i, I think we've we've missed yeah, we we've we've embraced an unbiblical Jesus. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's one of the interesting things about you. You exercise like uh, spiritual gifts yeah. on the street. That's Amen. that's really amazing. Um, well, <laughs> hey, I mean that's the way it should be, brother. <laughs> you see, he said really uh, they they believe they shall cast out demons and yeah. heal the sick. You know, yes. so yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, what's your message for young people, especially in Africa? Don't try to be like us Westerners. Don't don't try to be like the West. Uh, um, and I say that humbly and, and 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 honestly. Westerners have forgotten basic values that are ingrained in all humanity. Um, we've become so free that we've become rebellious. We've become so individualistic to the point we. We forget our families. We forget our marriages. We've become so proud in, mm. in, in, you know, in our accomplishments and who we are to the point that we have no humility. Mm. We have no shame. Uh, we have no, I mean, our women, they're sleeping around with everybody. They're dressing provocatively. They're the men, they, they, they want to be women. They, I mean, all in the name of so-called freedom, all in the name of individualism and, and pride and and all of that stuff. And that 
sounds very enticing. It sounds very like, I, I want that freedom. I want to be proud of myself. I, I want that because some countries are so cultural or so traditional that it almost makes that look very appealing. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's, it's this spirit from the West that's coming across Africa and and, it, and it's grabbing the young people. It's co it's coming in the music. It's coming in the yeah. movies. In, you know, in the movies, and everybody wants to be like the West. Yes. Everybody wants to go to the West. Yes. And uh, I can tell you, just coming from that, um, it, it's it's where I was before I became a Christian. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was living that before I became a Christian, and it's not what it looks like. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's filled with hurt. It's filled with pain. It's filled with disease it's filled with uh shame it it, it 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 destroys families it destroys it destroys your integrity it leaves you broken and um and i'm not saying freedom is bad i'm not saying that taking pride in in your accomplishments necessarily is bad i'm just saying that the whole vibe of that um the way it's uh, done in the west is is like a total uh, they would say it's liberation, but it's 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 actually bondage. And it, you know what what you have in Africa is actually what we need in the world. I mean, Africa is like the last standing continent that knows the difference between a male and a female. Africa's <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not <laughs> lying. True. I That's mean, true, everywhere yeah. else is confused <laughs> except Africa. Hmm. Uh, Africa is almost like the last standing continent where people have like some basic traditional christian values and some reverence and fear for god um, this is strong in africa and this is where a, a clean conscience comes from this is where peace with god comes from this is where spirituality comes from is when mm. we we have faith in god and we have our morals and we have honesty and integrity you know, you can't find that in America. You yes. can't find that in Canada. You can't find that in Australia, Europe. You can't find it. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying everybody in these countries, like I'm, I'm there, yeah, yeah. but it's it's so small that mm -hmm. we're being we're being silenced. Mm -hmm. So I I would say to the the young people in Africa, be proud of your African heritage in the sense of not not in a racial way, but be proud of the Christianity. Be proud of your traditional values. Be mm -hmm. be proud of your integrity. Um, don't try to be like the rest of the world because mm -hmm. it's these things that you have. It's what's going to strengthen your nation. Mm -hmm. And um, us in the West, when we look over, uh, when it comes to spirituality and getting close to God, we 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 admire you. We admire the African Christians. We mm -hmm. like, wow, I want to be like them. I want to pray longer. I want to see the power of God. You know. Mm -hmm. Because it's it's missing in a lot of the churches in yeah. the West. To the point where being a preacher brings you in jail. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What can we do about uh, you know the gay revolution that's happening in the West right. as an African people? The West is very clever in how they're... I don't know why they're pushing it on the rest of the world. I mean, I have my own theories, but they come in through grants and financial, financial loans. Mm. And they say, if you're going to take our financial loan, you have to approve of the gay agenda. This is what the United States is doing around in all the African countries. And so this is what I would say on, on a larger scale is that 
if you're a young person entering into the government or you have a, you know someone in the position of authority as tempting as it might look to take deals with governments that want you to embrace their way of life um, it's better that you start thinking of how to create infrastructure and raise up uh, africans to to do to build African businesses and to, you know, not to depend on Europe and, mm -hmm. and, and the West because they're going to, they're going to use the loans to push their agenda, mm -hmm. which is unfortunately one of the biggest ones is the LGBT agenda. Mm -hmm. But a second thing is, is, um, um, turn off their music and turn off their movies and don't, mm -hmm. don't, don't entertain or even give them a spotlight. Mm -hmm. Don't, don't bring their art, their artists to your countries. And, mm -hmm. and again, that's for the promoters and the managers and those who are in those positions because they are not coming with, like you might like their songs, mm -hmm. but they're coming. There's a bigger, they're coming with more than you think they are. Mm -hmm. um, they're actually coming to push uh, their gay agenda on you. They're coming to push their way of life on you. And and it's in the music too. I mean, if you listen to the music, the rebellion, the the stuff, it's all in their music. And mm, sometimes sometimes people over here don't realize that. Mm, mm. Um don't don't be swayed by it. And I and I know it's very difficult. Um but but that's that's where they're getting their power. They're mm, they're putting mm. seeds into the minds of mm. the people through their movies, through their their music. Um, a third thing is is um, uh, you know be very careful with Western educational groups coming here um, unless they're solidly Christian, and I'm talking about from a, a Christian Bible believing Christian group that's real Bible. And I would say uh, no offense to the Lutherans, but they embrace gay stuff all around the world. The Lutheran groups, the Anglicans, gay. United Church, gay. Um, Presbyterian, gay. All of these denominations have accepted homosexuality in the West. So when they come over here with their mission groups, and I'll say them again just in case anybody forgets, Anglicanism, Lutheranism, Presbyterian, United Church, they have already embraced homosexuality in their, and you can look it up. Now, recently, just this year, there was a split with the African Anglicans and the European Anglicans. This happened literally just like three, four months ago. And it was over homosexuality. And the African Anglicans said, no, we're not going to embrace hmm. homosexuality. We're gonna, yeah. so, so maybe I might have to just rephrase my statements on the Anglicans in Africa. There is a split from the diocese in UK, which has embraced LGBT. Mm -hmm and the Anglican Union of Africa. So if they're a part of the Anglican, I'm not Anglican, but if they're a part of the Anglican Africa, Union of Africa and they're against that, then okay, it's different. But usually a lot of these missionary groups that are coming from these, uh, not all the missionary groups, yeah. I'm just saying those specific ones, those are denominations, and if they set up educational systems, they're trying to push either a feminist agenda or a LGBT agenda. So you got to be careful. Mm. Now, a lot of these NGOs now coming from the United States, Europe, Germany, Sweden, Norway, a lot of these places, if they're not overtly Christian, nine times out of ten, they are liberal. Mm. And while they come with, while they come with some good 
they're also pushing this LGBT. I have no clue why they're pushing this on Africans. They're pushing it and they're, you know, they're giving medication, they're giving things, but then they're pushed, they're re-educating, mm. they're setting up education to, fem to, to push the feministic agenda on the culture, which also opens up the door for LGBT. Yeah. So it's very tricky because yeah. when you're in an impoverished situation, you just naturally gravitate towards these things. Mm. And it's very hard to not accept it. And you mm. think that, okay, if, if you, you're going to be okay. But the more power you give them uh, in your mind and in your community is the more. So it's quite complicated. So just from a young, you know, grassroots young person that doesn't have any power to stop NGOs and certain things. And I'm not saying every NGO is yeah, bad. So yeah, forgive me if I'm the way I'm sounding really sounds anti everything. But if you're a young person and you're like, look, what can I do? Be careful what you listen to on YouTube, TikTok, mm. Instagram. You know, get yourself in the Bible. You know, try not to listen to the secular music so much. You know, uh, in the movies. I mean, really, it's getting hard in these last days because yes. everything is just so secular, so yes. worldly. Um, yeah, I, I would literally just you know, turn off the TV, start reading books, open up the Bible, go to church. Um, I don't know, that might sound boring, but you can be creative, you know, like be an evangelist. Being evangelist is being creative. Like you're finding ways to impact the younger generation in a fun way in a cool way. So there's a lot of, you know, you could, you could form gospel parties, you can mm. gospel hangouts, you know, and, uh, mm. you know, life sessions. I mean, you know, with young people getting into the community, there's sports activities, Christian sports, mm. you know, open up Christian football clubs and, mm. uh, you know, Christian movie nights. And stuff. Yes. There's a lot of things you could do that, well, that's um, not that uh, boring, you yes. know, so that's yeah. that's sorry for the long answer but yeah, that's that's a good point uh, i was talking to my friend who who went to the u.s last year and he was telling me about the challenge he's facing from his friends you know all of them goes to parties uh they they spend the all night partying all night drinking so he's telling me like uh, he didn't even get one person who's a Christian and he can be his friend. So, yeah, we need to be conscious about this. Yeah. Yeah. Conscious about what we watch, what we see, what we read. Yeah. I mean, what's going to help young people is if they group with other Christian young people going to youth groups. And because it, it, it you know, when you're young, that feeling of being alone is, is, is really intense. I mean, yeah. like, like your friend going into, you know, the West and like, everybody's partying and drinking like and it feels like it's just him mm. you know mm. the more you feel it's just you yeah you're gonna end up feeling like you gotta go along with it mm. because you have nobody yeah, to be your friend so yeah. that's why it's so important to be a part of a good bible believing church mm. get get connected with other youth that are some like-minded yes. and and that will keep you strong yes yes yeah yeah so we're, we're wrapping up this uh tell us a little bit about the the discipleship training yeah so well the discipleship training is something that you know god god uh, put on my heart way back in, in in many years ago over two decades and it's about raising up people to be authentic bible believing christians which is is not just 
getting a bunch of head knowledge of what Christianity means and but it's it's being practical in your lifestyle. So everything from reading the Bible, everything we teach, you have to apply. So so we have a discipleship mentorship program where everybody has a personal mentor. Mm. And so we walk people through basic things to be strong, like reading the Word of God in prayer, and we have them check off every day, whether they're praying, whether they're reading their Bible. They build, they build a system in their life, just like working out. And then we slowly lead them to, you know, getting filled with the spirit, practicing, uh, just, just spending time in the spirit and, and even walking in personal deliverance and, yeah. and applying the basic disciplines of be belonging to a church and how to, and then we slowly get them into evangelism, you know, lifestyle Christianity, where we teach them how to share the gospel. We get them on the streets, mm. um, you know, everything from door knocking one-on-one -on -one, street preaching, everything. So, we we literally from ground up build a person to become a mighty warrior for the lord yeah. and yeah. prepare them to be a mentor for somebody else yeah. so the whole bible study we have online it's about 17 week course and um everybody that goes through our churches goes through this mm -hmm. and everybody gets on the streets everybody becomes a part of the evangelistic process and everybody um is raised up mm -hmm. to um to become prepared to either serve in a capacity or mentor in some mm. capacity. And, um, and and I believe that this is how the gospel is going to really yeah. spread. Um, yeah. It's going to impact the culture. And I think mm. we have been doing that. We're not perfect, but but we have been impacting the culture. We're, we're getting all of our guys on the streets in every city, impacting, challenging um, every viewpoint and showing the power of the mm. Lord and, mm. and bringing them in and discipling them. And, and you know, so mm. that's the vision. That's, that's awesome. That sounds great. Amen. Is it uh, free for it's free. Of, for those of yes? You don't have to get a guest house. You mm. don't have to pay ten thousand bur to come. <laughs> uh, how, how can we enroll? You can go online at christsforgiveness.com, dot com, mm -hmm. and uh, we have Bible studies starting every three months. So we just started two of them recently. Mm. They're online. There's online modules. You'll be assigned a mentor, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, it's all free. Sounds great. Yeah. Thank you for uh, materials, for your encouraging videos, for your ministry. We really, really love you. For those people who are interested to go out with you and preach on the street of Addis, uh, when is that happening? How I'm long are you, you staying asked. here? Yeah, yeah um, actually, um, starting on Tuesday, um, and it's growing pretty quick. The, the, the Telegram chat? Yeah, we have a Telegram chat, and uh, we are starting on Tuesday to go out on the streets and uh, i believe uh, you can find more about that either on my facebook i have a christ's forgiveness ministries facebook yeah my instagram christ forgiveness uh ministries instagram yeah. or david j jonathan lynn on facebook or yeah. my youtube channel yeah. so there's a lot of ways you can find out where we're going to be so that's great yes and that's just this week um next week we're going to have another uh we're going to have a more but for this week that's that's what's going to happen this week i i believe on friday and saturday i'm going to be working with another guy i think uh, prophet zacharias mm. um he's uh bringing me to waloso region or waloso yeah Waliso. and um and then we're going to mm. alem gena alem gena yes yeah so they're going to be i think october 13th in mm. alem gena mm. and uh, 14th in waloso yes 
Um, and then the following week, um, the itinerary will be on their website. That's wonderful. Wait, are you made made up of uh, iron? I mean, <laughs> how how on earth do you stand oh, the man. whole day preaching? Hey, man, you didn't know un- under, underneath this is, is a Superman <laughs> cave. <laughs> Um, praise no, underneath is Jesus, amen. We so, take off the shirt. Yeah. yeah, underneath is Jesus. <laughs> you know, it's it's the grace of God, brother. Like, uh, you know, uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's, it's Him mm. that gives me the grace to keep keep going. And like I said, man, when 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 God has given you a purpose, when you know His leading, it, it becomes easy to do it. His yes. yoke is easy, and His burden is light. Yes. I mean, when you're doing something that's not in your in your calling it yes. becomes hard yes so it's just it's the goodness of the lord that leads me and um you know it's just it's just i, I just go with his flow thanks god for the strength for those people who are interested to to be in touch with you is there a long-term plan you are having in ethiopia do you have office for your ministry yeah, yeah. well um, I'm, i'm working towards that a couple of years ago i i tried to um get something started out here Um, I didn't know the guys too well, and um, what ended up happening was um, I kind of lost touch with some of the guys. One guy moved here, one guy moved there. So, uh, But this time around, I mean, um, I, I'm just, whatever the Lord's, I mean, mm. is going to do, um, I, I, you know, I do plan on, uh, by God's grace, you know, registering something out here in Ethiopia and, yeah. uh, you know, see who wants to serve, uh, you know, with me in Ethiopia. I mean, I, you know, I, I just go by what, whatever God mm, God mm. leads, but yeah. I'm I'm hoping that yeah. this movement would continue, yeah. um, and uh, you know, with whatever support, whoever yeah. wants to be a part of it, I would love that. I mean, unfortunately, I can't speak the language that great. I mean, just Tanish, yeah. so that's that's <laughs> one of the challenges. Yeah. But you know, if there are people here that you know really believe in the vision of Christ Forgiveness Ministries and. Yes. And you know, can communicate with me in English and in Amharic, and yeah. and you know, serve here with me, and and you know that that would be amazing. So yeah. I'm looking for that, you know. But whatever the Lord leads, I'm you know, I'm going to work with that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm God I'm blessed you. to have time with you to chat and uh, to learn from you. You are uh, really an inspiration. I was uh, reading the comments under your videos on YouTube and. Everyone was like, "I'm inspired. You're inspired me, and you're a blessing for for this generation." I, I'm, I'm truly saying that because you're an, an evangelist, not uh, someone who who wants to put himself on top and uh, wants to be praised. You're a really humble guy, simple guy. I praise God about that. Love you so much. Thank Man, you. I love you too. Thank so you. Much. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you. God bless. You. God bless. Thanks so much everyone for listening. Samantha Lila program Nikana Nyalen. Salam.